Hello everyone, welcome back to the Between the Lines podcast. Today on this episode, I'll be talking about an NFL or multiple NFL draft scenarios. Uh, two weeks away, just under two weeks away, we have the NFL draft starting on the 23rd of April, ending on the, 20, ending on the 25th. Um, the biggest off-season uh, occasion, I guess you could say, um, apart from free agency. There's been a lot of hype leading up to this draft, and um, there's many scenarios. A lot of things can happen, many different things. Been very hard to predict. I think, you know, it's been said by many uh, experts, it's probably one of the most interesting draft classes in recent memory. But again, they say that every year. So, but, you know, nonetheless, this looks to be a very, very interesting draft. As I've said, a lot of things can happen. Many teams may go different routes than expected. Um, one trade can. Uh, you know, one unexpected trade can completely shift the whole draft. I think that's why it's so interesting, because you know you never really know what's going to happen. There's been many surprising trades in the past. Look at Mitchell Trubisky going number two. I think was it to the Bears after they were trading up. Um, Baker Mitchell going number one to the Browns in the year after, in twenty eighteen, and many more as well. Um, so what I'm going to be doing today is talking about draft scenarios. Um, and mainly on the Giants, but I'll also be mentioning it as a whole as well. So what I'll be doing is I'll be talking about the Giants the Giants scenarios, predictions, what they might do in the draft, what they can do. I might dip into other teams as well, but mainly the Giants, but I'll be mentioning other teams' trades and scenarios for that as a whole as well. This will link into a uh, mock draft that I'll be releasing sometime in the next week or so. I might do two before the draft comes out. Um, it's going to be very different to my last one. That was about maybe over a month ago or so. I guess it'll be interesting to see uh, how it's all changed because I have players in my new mock draft that are kind of in the mid to late first that weren't even, wouldn't even been a second round pick. And now some players that were in my mid to late first in that, draw, in that mock draft are now nowhere to be seen in any mocks. Or at least in the first round. So, um, first of all, I'm going to start by the Giants. Now, the Giants have the fourth overall pick, and there's three main scenarios that they what they can do. Um, obviously, they can stay at four. That's technically the most normal one and most predictable, I guess you could say. Um, the problem is, so the Giants have multiple needs. The most glaring need is offensive tackle. The, the Giants have been neglecting that for far too long now. The current starters are on the left, Nate Solder, who in one year will be able to be cut. He'll be serving as kind of a team captain this year. Still be starting because he's serviceable. But for the money he's making, which is about 13 million, he's got like a 16, 17 million dollar cap here, 18 million. Uh, it's not worth it. He's going to be gone by next year. But right tackle is currently Cameron Fleming, which is a tackle that we the, the Giants signed this past off season. He's more of a temporary kind of guy maybe acts as a mentor kind of plug in but not he's not a long-term starter basically um there are multiple there are kind of four top tackles that could all go between four and 15 four and 16 maybe you have first of all the, the, i think the problem with this draft actually is that 
there's no OT1, there's no kind of, there's no definitive best tackle. With other, other positions, you have quarterback, you have Joe Burrow, cornerback, Jeffrey Akuda, um, linebacker, Isaiah Simmons, I mean, you can get the list and go on, defensive end, like Edge, Chase Young, but with offensive tackle, all four of them can go number four to 16. You have Tristan Wirfs, he's out, a junior out of Iowa. He's a good pass protector, good run blocker, quite well-rounded. He's often being said to potentially being sw- switched over to guard when he makes the NFL, when he gets into the league. So I guess he's versatile. The only problem is some scouts are saying that he may be better suited as a guard. So if you're drafting him as a tackle, just be wary, I guess. But I think he'll be very, very good at a tackle. Secondly, you have Makai Becton. He is an absolute animal really I mean he's six or seven 360 pounds and he runs a five I think a 505 40 yard dash something around that which for his size is insane um now he's not as much of a pass protector he's more of a run block he still can pass protect to an all right level but he's more best in a zone zone based run scheme compared to other tackles next you have Andrew Thomas um also, as well, this is in no particular order, really. Every one of them is kind of good in their own right, and it's hard to compare them. Andrew Thomas, more of a run blocker as well, but can offer some pass protection, but not as good. Um, he he was the undisputable OT1 six months ago or so, and the rest weren't really even heard of, at least to the casual draft follower. But uh, he's dropped a bit, but he could potentially go forward to the Giants as well. There's no one that's really clear. And uh, finally, Judge Wills. He is the, I'd say overall, if you ask most scouts who who says the best tackle is, they would say overall it's Jedrick Wills because he's the best. He's the best pass blocker. Um, by by I want to say by far, but by a decent stretch, he'd be perfect at just say if you want just to protect your quarterback. I'd say he's perfect for uh, the Cardinals at eight as their pass heavy team with the air raid offense under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. So they'll be looking to protect him there. Um, so that's obviously one route you can go down. You can also go at four. This is also barring Chase Young being available. Chase Young most likely won't make it to four. Some scenarios have them. Some mocks have them going there. But this is with a lot of trades going on and you know, mainly quarterback needing teams trading up. You can also go at four. Isaiah Simmons, I think it's a clear-cut favourite to go at four. Most Giants fans I'm seeing over Twitter, over Instagram, social media, even uh, Giants insiders, they're saying the general kind of theme is that people want at four, if there's no trade back to take Isaiah Simmons, they think that it's not worth taking one of these tackles as you can trade back, you could trade back to 12, let's say, you can trade back to any kind of around there and still get the top tackle, so it's not necessarily worth taking it at four. So I think, you know, I've heard some, I've heard some people say that if Dave Getterman takes uh, a tackle at four, he's done for, which I think is a bit too f- bit of a stretch, to be honest, as, uh, you know, to tackle is the biggest need. But I think just with the presence of Isaiah Simmons there. But then again, I think I think most Giants fans are getting a bit of tunnel vision towards Isaiah Simmons when he's not necessarily in need, as in he can play linebacker, which is a bit of a need, but a bit of cornerback safety, which we wouldn't mind help there. Um... I mean, obviously, he's going to be a game changer. I think I've se- I've heard things where you know Dave Gettleman, if he's looking for that gold jacket type player, that Hall of Famer, he's going to go Isaiah Simmons, which is definitely fair enough. Um, 
And then also, a third scenario, trading back, you have multiple suitors. Um, really, you have number five, the Dolphins, to trade up either for Justin Herbert or Tua Tungabailoa. Now, you know, the whole 2019 season was based on a tank for Tua for the Dolphins, but uh, that's kind of changed after his his uh, injury where he shattered his hip and there were other injuries I think as well in that same injury um, he's now had medical clear when well, he went and got medical clearance and x-rays after doing heavy workouts and it was said that everything's absolutely fine then he went to two teams for medicals and failed both he's gone for more as well but two teams he has failed medicals for and it was really worrying where he is he was a clear cut number one quarterback before his injury along with Joe Burrow. But as his stock drops it's interesting to see. Some people are comparing him to Andrew Luck, where would you want to get, let's say, a good five years out of him, five, six years, maybe seven, and have that window to win and then he kind of can't take any more and has to go into early retirement because of his injuries. You know, or would you rather go, Hey, I'm gonna take Justin Herbert, maybe a uh, lower ceiling but a much higher floor quarterback who can be a good starter because I think you know Justin Herbert gets a lot of hate for no real reason he's relatively athletic um, has the arm and uh, yeah he's he's a very solid quarterback and I think any, t- any person that kind of writes him off just because he's not Tua or Joe Burrow I mean they're just you know, it's just not a very wise thing to do really now another trade is at pick six with the Chargers the Chargers will most likely trade their second round pick as an add-on to this which is very enticing for any Giants fan as they can definitely tackle um, target other players at that position Um, again the Chargers will be looking for a quarterback pick seven the Carolina Panthers it's kind of up in the air they signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three year deal so they may not look to trade up, but again, they may be looking for their, they may want to look for their heir to Teddy Bridgewater's throne relatively soon. There's been rumours that they may want to trade up to three with the Lions to have a choice at either Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Kuda, as they do need big time playmakers on that defensive side, as they invested a lot of stock, a lot of money in free agency on their offence and not much on their defence. Um, another scenario the Giants could do. I think these four that I'm mentioning are the most plausible and I can actually can happen. I think the Carolina Panthers is probably the most likely out of these four. But going to my fourth one is trading back with Jacksonville. Now, it's very clear that the Giants have a very big need to edge. Um, not getting consistent pass rush over the last few years, especially after using Jason Pierre-Paul to trade. Um, at nine, there's been... So there's been, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's been some scenarios. First of all, simply trading the fourth over pick to the Jaguars for their ninth overall pick and their 20th overall pick which they got from the LA Rams in a trade in the Jalen Ramsey trade now getting two first round picks that is never a good that is never a bad thing sorry um yeah but I think the most popular one and the most you know one the, the one that I'm hearing the most about now is a Yannick Ngakwe trade he's an edge uh 25 year old edge Currently on on Jackson at, sorry. Currently on the Jaguars, he is in a contract situation where he just got franchise tagged. He does not want to be there. All through the summer he was, or sorry, all through February and March he was hinting at 
wanted to go to the Giants for free agency. Obviously, he was tagged, so he was he was on he was he was restricted, so he couldn't openly sign with the Giants. Um, now the Giants mean you know Giants were kind of seen to not want to trade for him, but now some certain rumors have been heating up regarding a trade where the Giants would send the fourth overall pick to the Jaguars in exchange for ninth overall pick and Yannick Ngakwe and maybe maybe a third or a fourth. The only reason that this extra add-on of a third or a fourth whatever is being added is due to the fact that the Jaguars have no leverage here. Yannick Ngakwe wants to go out, he's tweeting every day, he seems to love Twitter, you know, tweeting more times a day about how he, you know, he wants to leave and that God is good and that he you know, he'll lead him to the right path. And he's openly stated multiple times that he his time in Jacksonville is done. He said it's with the problems with the front office, so I think it's beyond repair really. And so Jacksonville kind of the fact that they're able to move up to four and get they're probably gonna get an Isaiah Simmons type player from that. The one thing the Giants fans are not liking about this is, you know, as, as I was saying before, that many of them really seem to love and adore Isaiah Simmons to the point where they get tunnel vision. A lot of them are kind of crying and whinging that, oh, you know, now we we won't be able to get Isaiah Simmons. I think almost trading down to pick nine gives Dave Gettleman the excuse to take a tackle then, which what the Giants really need, because there's no real point in a 2018 first-round pick, Saquon Barkley is a running back, 2019 first-round pick, Daniel Jones. There's no point drafting a running back and quarterback successfully in two first rounds if you're not going to then protect them. You know, we've seen in the past how poor QB protection has led to early retirements, as in Andrew Luck, and I'm sure there are plenty of other examples as well. Running backs don't have a long life, um, life, lifetime in the league. That that sounded bad. Um, you know they're constant under they're constantly under wear and tear. If they don't have a good line, they're getting hit the line of scrimmage constantly by three hundred pound plus linemen, who seem to run like as a you know almost like a cheater. That's never gonna work. That's never gonna work in their favor. And if you kind of want to build the offense around Saquon Barkley, you're gonna have to do what you can to protect him. The fact that the Giants still get Yannick Ngakwe, a 25-year-old edge rusher who's never had less than eight sacks in his career. He's already had a four-year career. He's got experience. He came to the young. If he were 27, 28, kind of in his prime now, I'd say don't do the trade because by the time the Giants are good again, he won't. He'll be older. He'll be 30, 31, 32. The fact that the Giants, uh, you know, the Giants are kind of winning a few years type team after building, you know, they need to build the roster a bit more, let players develop, let players jump on the new schemes that we're running as we completely overhaul the coaching staff. So it's almost back to square one almost, but we have a foot forward in a sense. Um, but the fact that Yankee got created 25, let's say the Giants are good in a few years or have the team to compete in two years or so, he'll be 26, 27. Um... And he'll be just entering his prime, or in the midst of his prime, rather than being washed and old. So I think, I think it works pretty well. So I've I've seen some people saying on Twitter that, you know, he's even though he's relatively young, he's not young young as in just being drafted young, where he's twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, and so that, you know, he'll be good for the Giants. Let's say when they have a chance to be good, uh, when they can chance to compete, he'll be twenty seven, twenty eight, but his window of doing well whilst competing will be only a few years I think that's always going to be a problem too unless you can't ideally have all your players extremely young and on rookie contracts so I think I'd do the trade that would work well again I would love to have Isaiah Simmons but fits and needs to be able to get 
you know, tackle the edge problem and the offensive tackle problem in one move. You know, because out of all the tackles there, I'd say maybe one. I'd say one are going to be gone, probably eight to the Cardinals, maybe two, it depends, but no more than that. So you really have a choice out of two of the top four linemen that were listed previously. Um, yeah, now going on trades of the whole league. Um, just going through the board, the Bengals aren't trading their pick. Now there's been some speculation, could just be a uh, smokescreen, but the Redskins are potentially trying to go for Isaiah Simmons, but obviously they don't value him the same as the second overall pick. And so what they do is they trade back either to the Dolphins or the Chargers and take Isaiah Simmons there. So that could leave a whole window for the whole you know, draft board to shift completely. Um, the Lions definitely trade candidates. At three, they can go to five of the Dolphins, six of the Chargers, six of the Chargers, seven of the Panthers. The Giants again, as I mentioned. Then again, most te- pretty much every team can trade up. Um, you have potentially the Falcons trading up for Isaiah Simmons if he drops. I mean, Isaiah Simmons isn't realistically making it past making it past ten. As you have teams such as the Cardinals and the Browns at eight and ten respectively, who obviously really need a tackle, but if someone like Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Kuda drops, they're dropping everything to go for them. As really, I think the casual fan seems to forget is that in the first round, general managers draft for value rather than need. Let's say a team has an okay receiver group, but it's not exactly a glaring need, and they need a tackle, but then the best receiver falls to them, let's say in a Jerry, Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs type player, they're going to go for receiver, because uh, if the tackles there aren't a value as that pick, or they can trade down, it's kind of been shown time and time again that whenever teams draft purely for need in the first round, those players often don't turn out to be is what they expected because realistically if you look at drafts 32 teams with 32 players going in the first round out of them a portion of maybe I mean I'd say about 50% of them are pure hits in the sense that they work pretty well for the team and then I'd say 25% maybe like oh they're okay but not maybe they'd be worth a second round and then the rest of some just complete busts so if you're risking it by drafting for need you could be going for a guy where you increase the chance of that that uh, player being a bust from 25, 10, 15, 20% to 50%, 60%. Um, and so the draft board will change, or the uh, picks in which will occur will change drastically to what people expect. And this includes trades up as well. Uh, the player may be available a few picks for a team and they view that as a really valuable player. And they may trade up for that. And again, it shifts everything. I'm not going to list every single trade possibility because, as I said, literally any team can trade. Any team will. Each have their own reasons. The Eagles at 21 can trade all the way up to the the early teens for a receiver as that is a dire need for them. And, uh, yeah, again, there's just so many things that can happen. So many different trades. And so I don't think I, I would waste my time on describing every single one of them as we would probably be here for an hour. I don't think people laugh the long podcast as much as I, you know, as much as uh, I would hope. So I'm going to keep it relatively short, as short as I can. Uh, as I said before, another mock draft will be coming out soon. I also mentioned that I was going to release a a kind of NFL free agency evaluation, kind of evaluating teams and their success in free agency, how well they did, how well they did, how badly they did. But um, 
I've done that, but I'm not sure. I think it's, I've done it a bit late, to be honest, in the sense that it's kind of past kind of old news. So if people want that, please let me know. But again, I'll be moving forward with a draft, mocks. Maybe I might create a draft board if people are interested. Um, ranking players, whatever people request, I can do, especially around the draft, as it's two weeks away. So you have plenty of time to do to do uh, things around that. But yeah, all right. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you all next time.